Eagles Entertainment. With the 15th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select. You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Friend. I'm your host, Fran Duffy. The Combine, it's over. We've got our all the, the numbers are in the books. We've got everyone's home from Indianapolis. Uh, and now we kind of pick up the pieces and move forward. Pro days have already begun. We're, I'm recording this Tuesday afternoon. Indiana, they're still hold, they're holding their pro day right now. And we've got more coming this week. So we're going to be more and more of these numbers, more information. The top 30 visits are right around the corner. And so, uh, yeah, there's a, it's we are right in the thick of pre-draft season. That said, we're going to start our position preview series here on the show where we just kind of put a ribbon on every single position and this week we're going to start with draft buzz where Dane Brugler is here to break down the linebacker class we're going to go through all the top names I got a bunch of superlatives and basically Dane and I are going to split it up into two we're going to have the uh, first and second day p- uh, prospects for each superlative and then we'll have the day three option for each superlative so you know best run defenders best co- pass coverage players best blitzers we'll go right down the list who are the best in each category and both areas of the draft we'll hit on it and we'll do that that'll be this the same basic template each and every week here as we get all the way up until late april for the nfl draft uh we will all we will also wrap this episode up with a draft mailbag it'll be a little bit of an abbreviated abbreviated episode here today on the journey of the draft podcast we'll be back for a normal episode uh on thursday uh with ben fennel we'll have greg cosell as well later this week here on the journey of the draft podcast we're going to start our blueprint series i know a lot of people really loved uh that series the last couple of years we look around uh, at what NFL team strategies are going into the draft process. So we'll go through that uh, as well here on the show. That said, uh, let's get into draft buzz. Excited to catch up with Dane and talk through some linebackers. Let's get it going. Now it's time for draft buzz. All right, let's get into it. As we preview this linebacker class in the 2023 NFL draft, I welcome in my friend, Dane Brugler, who, by the way, just dropped here this week on Wednesday or on Tuesday, uh, his latest mock draft over at the athletic. You got to make sure you go and uh, find that mock draft, see what he has the Eagles doing. Maybe we'll hit on that a little bit later this week, but Dane, uh, how are you feeling? I'm sure you've been doing the, uh, the media circus around your mock draft here over the last tw- 24 hours or so. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I really liked what I did at the Eagles. Uh, that That's my official tease for people to go check it out. But I, I legitimately do. And, you know, there might be a trade involved. Um, there might be two offensive players involved. But I, I did really <laughs> like what uh, how that played out. So, uh, and you know, what? I think most fans would like it too. But, uh, and I think it's realistic. I don't think it's far-fetched. So, sure. um, yeah, it's. You know, it starts the intrigue starts with the quarterbacks. So that's where it gets tough. Um, but you know, if you're a team like the Eagles, yeah, you're hoping to see four quarterbacks go early, and sure sounds like that's going to happen. Yeah, it's um, you know, I think the way that it plays out in your in your mock draft in terms of like looking at the top four, five, six, seven, uh, I definitely could see you know as we sit here before free agency starts a week from now, um, I could definitely see it playing out that way. But it, we will uh, we will see, man. It's a it's a good mock draft. Like I said, I think we're going to be doing this a, a little. We're going to be breaking it down in full with Ben a little bit later this week. But uh, make sure you go check it out over at the Athletic. That's it. Let's get down to business here, Dane, uh, because I want to talk to you about breaking down the linebacker position in this draft. And over the last decade, the average number of linebackers drafted every year, it's about 24 and a half last four though. We've seen anywhere from like 20, 21 to 27. It was a little bit on the lighter side last year. I don't know how you feel. I kind of feel it might be on the lighter side again this year. I don't think that this is like the, uh, a terribly deep group, but uh, what are your thoughts just on the group as a whole? 
Yeah, I would agree. It's not not a really strong linebacker group. Um, and there's certain certainly good players. Yes, but of course. in terms of yeah, you know, we're not gonna see, you know, four go in the first, or maybe we might not have four go in a single round until you get to you know the later rounds. Um so it's 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 a, it's an interesting group. Now that 25 number. So how, how do you, is that include some edge players? Like, are, no, you know, I, it's, is that's just, all, this is all based off my own, uh, my own counting. So uh, I try okay, to good. eliminate the edge players. Now, some of those guys can be a little tough, right? Like, um, yeah. you know, because you have some like edge rushers who are like six two, two hundred thirty five 235 pounds. And it's like, all right, well, uh, how is this guy going to be used in the NFL? It can always get a little hairy with those guys, but right around uh, 24 and a half. And so, um, I, I kind of feel like that number might be the under here this year as I look to this group, yeah. but uh, it'll, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, that said, let's get through uh, some of these superlatives here. We're going to start with the best combo skill set. So a player who, you know, best represents the uh, nice blend of run defense, pass coverage ability, just the ability to be an overall three down linebacker. And obviously that can be a valuable commodity. Uh, you will take in this one uh, an option on day one or day two. Who comes to mind here? I've got to go with my top ranked linebacker and that's Drew Sanders um, out of Arkansas. Uh, this is a guy that was a highly recruited player goes to Alabama uh, blocked a little bit on the depth chart. They're, they're playing him at edge anyways. Mm. Uh, they move, they we transfers to Arkansas. They move him to more of a, uh, more of a Mike linebacker role uh, while still giving him some blitzing uh, opportunities, uh, dropping him in coverage. And this guy just filled up the stat sheet and he's still learning. He's still getting better. But for what he was able to do last year, based off of just uh, you know pure natural instinct and pure natural athleticism, it was really impressive. Uh, just the second FBS player since 2000 uh, to have 95, at least 95 tackles, at least 12 tackles for a loss, at least eight sacks, at least mm. three forced fumbles, uh, and then at least one fumble recovery and one interception in the same season. The only other player to do that the last 25 years. Uh, Khalil Mack in his days wow. at Buffalo. So, uh, you know, it's his ability to really fill up the stat sheet exemplifies this category of playing the run, dropping in coverage, blitzing, just being an all around quote unquote, do everything type of playmaker. Yeah. And I do value, uh, production I, on, especially on defense. You know, I think when you look at, uh, offense, some of those numbers can always be tough. And if you look at like, who are the all-time receiving leaders in college football, the all-time rushing leaders in college football on a per season basis, it's not like those guys all went on to NFL stardom. But I do think, uh, when you look at pass rush production, when you look at ball production as a defensive back, um, and you look at guys that just find ways to the football and, and stuff the stat sheet at linebacker, I do think a lot of that carries over. And so, um, for me, I want to talk about a guy coming from the group of five level. And it honestly, especially with the, after the combine, it would not shock me if this guy snuck into like the back end of round three with one of those like comp picks, yeah. but uh, Dorian Williams from Tulane six uh, one, he's under 230 pounds. That's a number that's a little bit startling. Uh, he's a little bit light, but he's got outstanding length. And I think that that shows up uh, when you watch him on film, he's got outstanding athleticism, uh, the top end speed, really impressive. He broke four five in the 40 yard dash last week. So uh, all of that does show up. And this, again, this is a guy that, 
found a way to impact the box score in a number of ways. 130 tackles this year uh, as a first team all AAC performer. Two picks, two forced fumbles, five sacks, eight and a half TFLs. Um, yeah, this is a guy that uh, was he. Had, I'm looking at the numbers now and trying to like add it up in my head. Uh, he had 27 TFLs over the course of his career. He had just under 10 sacks over the course of his career. Was constantly around the football. Um, I mentioned the athleticism. He's got a background as a core special teamer. So you, you're looking at like the high floor there because the skill set is definitely there to be a really good special teams player at the very least. Uh, to me, I look at Dorian Williams as like an early day three selection that I think has that ability to turn into a day three or a three down linebacker in the NFL. I'm interested. I don't think you and I have spoken about Williams. Well, what are your thoughts on him overall? One of my favorite players in the draft. Um, go. Re- relatively speaking. You yeah. Know, sure. If I'm, if I need a linebacker that I want to develop, uh, you know, in that, probably between picks, you know, like 80 and 120, somewhere in there, Dorian yeah. Williams would be high on my list. Um, you know, he's a high school safety, made the full transition to linebacker when he got to Tulane, and he's really young. Uh, he, he's a four-year senior, but yep. he didn't turn 22 years old until uh, June. So uh, this is a young player who's still learning. And, and if you want to know, you know, if people haven't seen him, go watch the USC game. He was outstate. He was the Cotton Bowl uh, defensive MVP in that game. He had like mm. 17 tackles, and I mean, he was everywhere. Uh, so there's there's a lot to like about that rangy athleticism that he brings to the field. I actually think there's a chance he's the first guy from Tulane drafted. Uh, there's been a lot of love for Tajay Spears, obviously, but yeah. I would not shock me if that were the case. No, I think that's fair. And I, both those guys are were big, big parts of the greatest turnaround in college football history. Tulane mm. last year was two and ten. This year, 12 and 2, including that Cotton Bowl win over wow. USC. College football has never seen a turnaround like that. And these two guys that we're talking about were substantial igniters of that type of turnaround. All right, let's go to the next superlative here. Most instinctive, who just plays the fastest, who sees things well, who's always in the right position. Uh, I'll take the honor of the uh, day one or day two guy first. And I'm going to go with Jack Campbell from Iowa, uh, six, four and a half, just under 250 pounds. He's got huge hands. He's really looks the part, but then he goes to the combine and he had one of the best overall athletic test performances from the linebacker group. The four, six, five and the 40 was, uh, I think a check the box kind of rep for him, which is fine. Uh, it could have been much, much worse. Um, but then you look at his, three cone. You look at his broad job, 128 in the broad, 37 and a half in the vert, 674 in the three cone, just outstanding numbers, especially considering a guy at 249 pounds, some of the best weight adjusted scores you're going to see at the position, but then you just watch him on film and you're, and I'm not even like thinking about the athleticism when I watch Jack Campbell, because I see a guy that processes things so quickly. He plays through contact in every phase of the game extremely well. He's got great eyes and, and coverage as well. He's got a nose for the football and ability to finish. He's a good tackler. A lot of the things you value at linebacker, Jack Campbell brings it and he does it in a, you know, six, four and a half, 255, 250 pound frame. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a pretty easy pick. I think, I mean, cause when you think of instincts at linebacker in this class, I think Jack Campbell's the first one you think of. So yeah. uh, it, the athletic numbers are only going to help his case. Uh, you know, he's, He's, he's a guy that is, you feel like has a pretty high floor at the next level. And it's just mm. going to be, and especially in a linebacker class that isn't, like we said at the top, it's not a really uh, a deep group this year. I feel like a lot of teams are going to be on that Jack Campbell train, uh, which might even push his value up even more. Is there any chance that he goes in first, that like sneaks into the back end of round one in your mind? we can't say it. You can't say it's impossible with that athletic profile. Um, I mean, the, the, the intelligence, he won the 
academic Heisman, uh, William, uh, the uh, Campbell trophy. So, I mean, there's just a lot of things that just check the box, check the box, check the box. And if a team needs a linebacker that badly, uh, you know, you can't rule it out. I, I'd be surprised just because I just doing my mock draft. I know I was, I was trying just to get Drew Sanders in there. Um, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't know that a lot of teams are going to be looking to get a linebacker that early, but I think that when you talk about in the top 50 range, I, he mm. squarely put himself in that, in that mix. All right, who's the guy on day three? I'm going to go with uh, Servassier Dennis, uh, the pit linebacker. A uh, little undersized, but really athletic. Uh, but I was really impressed with the way he sees things. Uh, he's a very aware player, consistently uh, reads his keys. He can stay ahead of cutoffs. Um, uh, so you see it versus the run. You also see it in coverage. He does a nice job returning his eyes to the quarterback as a zone dropper. He'll find passing lanes. Um, so this is a guy who filled a stat sheet uh, at, at Pitt, and for someone that's a little undersized, you have to be a little bit quicker uh, to to avoid those blocks. But you also have to see things quicker, and I think he does that. So uh, he's fast flowing, but also yep. what he does with with his eyes, I think that that's what really stood out with me. So for day three, uh, talking about the instincts, I'll go with Dennis. I like it. Oh, yeah, definitely one of those traffic cops in the middle uh, setting things up pre-snap. Uh, you can see he's very active in the pre-snap phase for that pit defense. Let's go to the next category here. Best coverage player, whether it's in man or zone coverage, who holds up best when they're moving in reverse? Uh, you got the uh, the day one, day two option. So I'll go with Dayon Henley here, uh, Washington State linebacker. And, you know, he doesn't have you know, gaudy numbers in terms of, uh, the passes defense last year, but you go back to the year before that at Nevada, his first real uh, full season as a, as a linebacker. Uh, and he led all FBS linebackers in interceptions. Um, you know, he, he was a guy that found the football and then you watch him at senior bowl during one-on-one drills, covering tight ends, covering uh, running backs. And I thought it was pretty clear who the best of the group was and that that was Henley. Uh, and it's really not a surprise when you consider his background as a yep. former wide receiver, a former nickel, a former safety. Uh, you know, he's used to those coverage responsibilities. Um, now he's just an all around player he, over uh, 100 tackles each of the last two years. Um, he's a really determined chaser. But when you see, uh, you know, his coverage ability, I think that's what might set him apart and. I mean, how, how how high are we talking with Henley for him to go off the board? I mean, you know, I think most see Drew Sanders as the first linebacker drafted. Uh, I mean, Trenton Simpson's in that mix. But, I mean, Henley, I, it wouldn't be a surprise if, you know, he goes in the second round and maybe goes ahead of some of these other linebackers we're talking about. Yeah, it, it absolutely wouldn't. I think when you watch him, when you watch him move and, you know, anyone that was down at senior bowl kind of speaks glowingly about how he looked down there in mobile. Uh, I thought he was solid last week in the work in the position workout. Um, they, I, the Diane Henley, it's easy to see a scenario where like the arrow is pointing up with him, even though he's a sixth year senior, he relatively new to the position. He's athletic. He's long. He's a, an interesting player. No question. Um, For me, it was tough. I, I kind of went back and forth here. Do you go with a, a Tracy player that doesn't have the, like the best eyes in coverage, or do you go with the guy that ha- has pretty good eyes, but I don't know about like the overall athleticism? I ended up going with the latter, um, Ventrell Miller from Florida. I think one of the best things he does is he's got pretty good eyes in zone coverage. I thought he read route concepts well, moving in reverse. Like I said, the the athletic traits aren't necessarily like up to snuff, but in terms of being able to read things out and see things happening, understanding how offenses are trying to attack them defensively, uh, I thought that he had a pretty good eye. Um, so for me. I'll I'm going to go with Ventrell Miller there as my day three option. Let's go now to the, uh, the next category here, the best through contact, 
who plays the best coming through, you know, downhill, the run game, tra- playing through traffic, sideline to sideline. Uh, and I'm going to go with Noah Sewell, who uh, was honestly, he was in almost every mock draft over the summer, even in the early stages of the fall. This is the linebacker from Oregon, Penny Sewell's younger brother, um, six, one and a half, 246 pounds last week at the combine. This is a, a big linebacker, kind of a throwback in terms of uh, the way that he is built, but uh, he stepped on campus right away. He was a freshman, all American. He was the PAC 12 defensive freshman of the year back in 2020 first team all conference uh the last two years um and this is a guy who has outstanding stopping power uh he's really stout stout on contact i think he plays the run pretty well he defeats blocks uh in a number of different ways but he definitely has that pop to be able to get knocked back stack shed uh and work against offensive linemen against tight ends against fullbacks in the hole whatever it is that you need uh i do think that noah sewell uh has that ability to be able to play through contact at a high level so um for me i thought this was kind of a slam dunk choice if you're talking those first couple rounds. Um, I want to get your thoughts on Noah Sewell, and then you can transition right into your day three option. Yeah, and Noah Sewell is a player that you saw as a freshman. And you're like, okay, yeah, we'll be talking about this guy here yeah. uh, pretty shortly. Um, but you know, I, I, I the more I watch, the less I like them, um, just because I, I do think there are some limitations to his game. But I mean, he's a perfect pick for this category uh, because of the power that he plays with. Uh, you know, he's not shy taking on offensive linemen and, you know, working off contact. And, um, you know, I just, I questioned if he has the athletic profile to really hold up with what today's linebackers are asked to do. But, uh, you know, as, as a guy that can work through contact and, you know, be a, really be a thumper downhill, he, he definitely fits that. Um, for me, for, for a day three guy, I, I, I didn't love my options here. I did end up going with Cam Jones from Indiana. Yep, you love Cam uh, Jones. Who, I do. And, and it, it's not a perfect pick for this category because I do think he needs to get better as a, as a true take on player, but I think he's just so determined as a run defender. He's so violent. Like that's like my number one trait with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's so violent. The way he plays the play violence, um, he he'll just, he looks to explode through the ball carrier yeah. uh, when he's tackling. So and I, I just feel like his, his fight mid tackle is unmatched. I mean, it really feels like it's, you know, like that, that ball carrier is his, his prey and he needs to finish it off. It's not just, uh, you know, I'm going to try and go for the big hit here. So, um, you know, with, with, uh, with Cam Jones, a little bit of a, you know, he's not a, a perfect prospect by any means. I mean, he, I think he ran the slowest 40 of all the mm. linebackers at the combine. So, you know, not, uh, and, and I, you know, needs to get better in coverage, uh, especially in man. But if we're talking about a determined run chaser, no matter where the ball is, uh, just, you know, it looks like, uh, uh, you know, just kind of point and he's going to go after it with everything he's got. And so plays with so much violence, like you said. So that's why I thought he fit for this category. Yeah, I think it's a, a fine pick for this guy when you get to day three. And the, the four six nine, it's not like a death knell for his draft stock. I do think he's got a right. pretty good shot there uh, on the back end. Uh, so I, I, I don't think that he's necessarily, um, you know, going to be crushed by that. But definitely, I actually didn't even compute that that he was the uh, the slowest of that group. So that's good to know. Um, let's there, go to the next there are a lot of fast guys. Yes, there, there, there no question was. Um, but I, I do like the way that this kid uh, plays downhill. He's a fun player to watch. Let's go to the next one here. Best blitzer. Who's just the best at getting after the quarterback? Uh, and you get the uh, the the crack here. First, uh, the first option for day one or day two. Well, I think this is where we talk about Trenton Simpson and yeah. uh, you know the Clemson linebacker. And, and really, you have to go back to his twenty twenty one tape to get the best idea of him as a as a blitzer and a guy that was working downhill. Uh, they, they used him. 
uh, you know, almost like a Micah Parsons uh, in 2021, where, uh, you know, he was that extra rusher. You didn't know where he was coming from, the bend, the athleticism, but also the power. Um, and I thought that was that was where he was at his best. They had double digit tackles for a loss. Uh, then this year they played him in more of an off ball role where, uh, you know, he's dropping, he's asked to think more and I, the tape wasn't as impressive uh, in 2022 as it was in 2021, because I think they took a little bit of that, that blitzing, the blitzing responsibilities away from him. So um, I want this guy going downhill. Um, I, I really like his, uh, his potential with that type of athleticism. He ran really well. He was in the four fours. Um, you know, he's cut up. Uh, there's a lot to like about Trenton Simpson and his blitzing is a, is probably maybe what I like about him best. Yeah, uh, he got just about 19% of his snaps uh, came as a blitzer over the course of his career. It's a lot, it's a lot of pass rush snaps um, for a linebacker, but he turned it up. To, I mean, 13 sacks in his career is not, is nothing to stick your nose up to. Um, so uh, Trenton Simpson, I think that is one of his best traits. Low 4-4 speed. Uh, he had tested extremely well in the uh, explosive with a 10-yard split as well. So I think when you're looking at his explosive burst, his ability to come at you from depth, uh, his blitzing definitely is one of his best traits. For me, I want to go for a guy that... I I was interested to see what this kid would measure in at. Obviously, we got a little bit of a measurement uh, at the senior bowl, but uh, Ivan Pace Jr. from Cincinnati was basically the discussion for every defensive player uh, award in college football this year, um, was the first Cincinnati player ever to be a unanimous first-team All-American, uh, just imploded with the, from the stat sheet standpoint, 136 tackles, 20.5 TFLs, nine sacks this past year, a couple of forced fumbles in there as well. Um, the thing is, the size, I mean, five, 10 and a half. He would be the shortest linebacker drafted in the last decade, 30 and a quarter inch arms, extremely low number, 231 pounds though. He's a, he's a thickly built kid. Um, I just have fun watching him play. He's a, he is a joy to study. He's got, um, you know, some really explosive, violent movements. Uh, we talk about how often he's used as a blitzer, both from depth and down in the line of scrimmage where, you know, he'll be mugged up on guards. They'll line him up over the edge. They'll do different things from them from a, a stunt standpoint. Um, he's got a couple of nice moves in his back. He'll work in some cross chops and some spin moves uh, late in the down. So uh, I think when you look at Ivan Pace Jr., um, you know, the, the size is going to be a little bit of a question mark with people. And I'm going to get into that uh, in our next category, actually. But uh, Ivan Pace Jr., uh, a fun one uh, for me to break down. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, as we leave Indy, your thoughts on Ivan Pace Jr. Yeah, I mean, he's just... Uh, 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 here, I'll, uh, the best way to sum him up, I'll, I'll read you a line from The the Beast, uh, from uh, Ivan Pace's oh, I love it. Uh, All right. report. All right. Uh, with his sheriff's mentality and recognition skills, Pace trusts what he sees and runs around the field like my toddler on a sugar buzz after a weekend at grandma's house. <laughs> yeah, that's I that, can that, see that. <laughs> that's yeah, I mean that sums him up right there. The guy You're hitting he, too uh, close to home though is the only thing. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I mean you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. So like he uh that that's how he plays. Plays with hot, his hair on fire. Uh he plays much bigger than he looks. Um yeah, he's just he's a fun player that it's it's tough to get a great read on what his draft value is because of just, he's, he's just a little bit different than, you know, most linebackers, but yep. I, I th- yeah, I think we both agree. He's at his best downhill and you don't necessarily want to change that. Uh, right. Just not really built for most like, like most downhill linebackers in the NFL. 
Yeah, I think that, you know, the, the easy comparison I think a lot of people want to make is Malcolm Rodriguez after what Rodriguez did last year coming out of Oklahoma State. I think the one difference, I thought Rodriguez was like a freaking animal through contact. Like he was, he defeated blocks every which way. And I didn't always see that with pace. And so that actually, this is actually a perfect bridge into our next conversation because the next question I had for you is your favorite player comp from this position. Um, and I did want to further the discussion there on pace because it hit me at, towards the end of me studying him that the player that he reminded me most of was Shaq Griffin coming out of UCF. And, um, you know, Griffin was used mostly as like an edge guy. And it was like a halfway, but a halfway player. Um, it wasn't like a pure stack backer. He had a very unique role, uh, with the Knights. Um, but you worried about the size, you worried about the lack of length. And, but when you saw, it was like, all right, this is a, a athletic runaround guy. Who's got some really, he's got some pretty good, uh, pass rush snaps. And so you wonder like, all right, what, what can this guy be? And he bounced around the league as kind of like, uh, that kind of a player. There were some seasons where he had, he put together um, some really nice years rushing the quarterback and, you know, nothing like, you know, he's, he's not making a pro bowl anytime soon, but I think that pace, um, you know, kind of has that same kind of uh, that same kind of role potentially. The NFL. It could be more than Shaq, what Shaq Griffin turned into. Um, but I do sure. think that that's kind of an interesting comparison. No, it definitely is. I, I, I do like that uh, for mine, my comparison, I went with, uh, uh, Demer- uh, Demervia and Overshone, the Texas linebacker, and uh, Telvin Smith, uh, you know, former linebacker from Florida State. Um, you know, you, you think about their lean body types, um, you know, former safeties, uh, but they play the, the play speed is really what you like the, the most about what they do. Yep. Um, now, I mean, Overshone was a little bit bigger at the combo, he was 229, which bigger than I thought he would be. I mean, he doesn't look like that. I mean, he he does really look like a a former safety with that lean build, but uh, you know, maybe it's because his height and he's so long, uh, but it's, so it's just spread out throughout his body. But I, I love the speed that they play with uh, sideline to sideline. Um, you feel like there's, uh, there's blitzing opportunities there, uh, matchup opportunities, uh, you know, regardless of the down. So uh, overshown and Telvin Smith, I think there's a, there's a comparison there. It's funny because we talked about Dorian Williams from Tulane earlier, and I, I watched both of them for the first time the same summer. So it would have been two summers ago um, coming off of both of their, like, I guess they were their sophomore seasons. I'm trying to do the math in my head. Um, but I, I liked Williams a little bit more back then. I like Williams a little bit more now. But I think in terms of, like, the the ballpark and what you're talking about, I think that that definitely fits in terms of uh, what you're hoping Overshone can be uh, down the road in terms of that converted safety, that athletic runaround type. Um, my last question for you. Someone who we're surprised is not getting more love. I'll let you go first here. Uh, so I, I really like Yasir Abdullah from Louisville. Um, and when you watch that defense, that front seven especially, um, both Yaya Diaby and, and Abdullah are guys that just really jump off the screen. And I thought Abdullah even more so. And when you look at the production, it's like I wasn't surprised. I watched this yeah. tape. I was like, okay, this guy's pretty good. And, you know, he keeps flashing, keeps making plays. Then you look at his production and it's like, oh, last two years, he had 32 tackles for loss, uh, 19 and a half sacks. Uh, you know, oh, he also had a pair of interceptions. Like he just, he makes plays. Uh, and then he goes to the combine and really tore it up there. Uh, he was like, what, four four nine four four seven in the 40 mm. yard dash. Um, and this is at 6'1", 237 had 36 and a half vert, 10, nine broad. Yep. I think the biggest question with him is because he played 
it, Louisville ran a three, four. So he was like kind of that outside, uh, you know, pass rusher, but you know, he's six, one, two He's more of an off ball linebacker size. He's exactly so the was, kind of player I was talking about earlier that mucks up these numbers in terms of like yeah. how many of these guys are drafted. Exactly. So is he just a tweener? Is he, can he be a true off ball guy? I mean, I think the answer is somewhere in between where, uh, you know, you, he's going to be an off ball linebacker and then a, a more of a rush specialist and sub packages, but I mean, there's with that athleticism and uh, his ability, I, I think there's something there. I don't, I'm surprised he's not talked about more. Yeah, he's a, a really interesting player. And obviously the, the rush production is certainly there. And so that's going to uh, catch a lot of people's eyes. And you mentioned the role. I mean, that's going to be the big thing. It's just what do you view Yasir Abdullah uh, moving into the NFL? He's got pretty good length for his size. You mentioned the testing. Um, so there, there's plenty there to work with. It'll just be a beauty in the eye of the holder th- deal, I think, when you're looking at him. Um, for me, I want to go through Isaiah Moore from NC State. So staying in the ACC, I think when you look at Moore, you know, 6'2", 230 pounds. He actually came in a little bit bigger than I thought. His arm's a little bit longer than I thought. He plays kind of like a squat. He's a squattier type of linebacker. 55 starts in his career. Over 3,000 snaps played on defense in his career. This guy, I mean, I got to think that that's an NFL draft record just because of uh, the eligibility. But 55 starts in his career for Isaiah Moore. Um this is a guy who I really like playing downhill against the run. Uh, he is definitely quite one of those like uh, smash mouth sound tacklers, um, really violent stack and shed against centers and tight ends. Uh, typically it shows like good hand placement. He can get stuck at times because of what I perceive to be the kind of a lack of length. Um, but his arms came in a little bit longer than I thought. Um, but this guy just plays bigger than his size. I love the way he plays through contact downhill. He'll deliver some huge hits in the middle as well. He's one of those kind of enforcer types patrolling the middle of the field. Um, I think the, the other, some athletic stiffness that does show up. He's not the most explosive. He's a little bit of a short strider. Um, so I don't think that like the athletic testing uh, would blow you away. Um, and that's something we'll wait to see. Uh, we'll see what he does at the pro day. He didn't go through any of the athletic testing in, uh, in Indianapolis. But um, uh, to me, if you're looking at, okay, uh, a straight like downhill uh, captain of the defense type of like Mike linebacker, I'm surprised that Isaiah Moore uh, not getting a little bit more love. Uh, you and I have never talked about him. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, and I, I was really looking forward to seeing him at the combine just yeah. to see how he's moving moving around. But yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get that. Now he did do the bench press, and he was one of the top uh, top performers no there among yep. the linebackers. Yeah, no shock. 20, 26 reps. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, you, you watch an NC State NC State defense, and you can't help but see more, and because he impacts the game in so many so many different ways. Um, uh, I, I don't. I, I liked him. I. I'm not confident that he's a, you know, top five round, maybe even I'm not even confident he's a draftable player, but I think he's in that late round conversation as a guy that, Hey, this guy just makes plays. You know, we feel good about the football character. We feel good about, uh, you know, every, a lot of the things that he brings, uh, you know, in the locker room, things like that. And, you know, he'd be in that conversation. Uh, But yeah, I think the testing is going to be, be a big part of whether or not he ends up getting drafted. So we covered basically every name linebacker in this class. There is one guy we did not mention, though. And so I want to ask you about him. Uh, Henry Toyo Toyo from Alabama. I I almost mentioned him for the surprise he's uh, not getting enough attention um, or getting more love category this last one because it feels like he's kind of lost in the mix. Um, Yes. I'm still still a big Henry Toyo Toyo fan. I, I think even though his testing was very average, I mean, he was middle of the road. Uh, among this linebacker class, I still see a guy that um, sees things well. He, I just, I wish he were bigger. I wish he were longer, but I think he sees the game pretty well. And I think the way he attacks it, 
um, is what you want. I mean, the, the coaches at Alabama, they'll tell you he was, uh, you know, kind of the, uh, the extension of, of them on the field with the way he played, the way he got uh, everybody lined up. I mean, he was one of the leaders, him and Brian Branch, the real leaders on that defense. Um, so I'm a, I'm definitely a big Henry Toto fan um, now, but I, I, I just do, I wonder if the lack of elite size and length and speed, if that's really going to be an anchor for him. And I don't, could it knock him out of the top 100 the first yeah. two days? It's possible. Um, I still like him in the third round, but I understand why some have reservations. Yeah. I mean, you and I, we talked about this in the top of just like the, uh, the production and how important that can be for some of these guys. And if mm. you look at it on a person snap basis, like the impact plays were just not there for Toyo Toyo. I mean, 345 tackles in his career. It's a good number. Uh, but you look at some of those others, the, those other uh, stats and just, uh, he was not around the ball uh, significantly enough. in some of those impact moments, um, I love how aggressive he is. He's tough and violent. I agree. He's he does see things pretty well. Um, I think he sees things better in reverse, like in coverage than I think that he sees things downhill. There are some times where I think he gets a little bit lost in the sauce and can get kind of get uh, glued up in traffic a little bit. Um, but I do think that he's kind of a, uh, uh, an undervalued player right now. I think he's, there's a little bit of, um, you know, I think we're sleeping on him a little bit overall, uh, just as a, a draft media, but, uh, Toyo, Toyo, it was, it was just interesting. I was like, I was waiting to see, all right, who are some of the guys that we're going to miss out on? And we hit on like every mm-hmm. single name. Toyo, Toyo was the one that was kind of uh, left standing. Yeah. And that's why I almost, uh, I, I, I went for more of a, you know, lesser known name for the yeah. guy that I'm surprised not getting more love, but I, you know, absolutely could have, I mean, he qualified for that because yeah, I think he, he feels like he uh, is being very undervalued at this point in the process. And this is still a guy that I, I like the way he keys. I like, uh, you know, the, the trigger and go style that he has. And, um, you know, he's again, transferring from over from Tennessee, a, a guy that went to that Alabama program and was almost immediately, you know, one of the more beloved players in that locker room. So he has a lot of the, the pedigree and the things that you look for at the position. Well, Dan, this has been uh, a great conversation going through all the linebackers here, uh, all the top linebackers in this draft class. Again, everybody, make sure you go check out Dane's mock draft over at The Athletic. Uh, always great content, as always. And we will talk to you next week. we got another position uh, in the hopper. I know I wrote it down somewhere, but I don't have it in front of me, so we'll just have to wait and see until next week right here on the Journey of the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand. Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the draft mailbag. All right, so great stuff there from Dane. We'll wrap the show up here. Just from a, a comment here from our draft mailbag, Bear Cub fan left a five-star review just saying, I've been listening to every episode of the show the last few years. It is a must-listen for all football fans and especially draft fans. Bear Cub fan, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for the, the comment and the review. Again, if anyone has any questions, if you've got a mock draft, if you've got rankings, if you want us to uh, you know, differentiate between two or three prospects at the same position, if you've got a question about a specific prospect, whatever it is, go and leave it in our Apple podcast page. Leave it with the rating and we will answer it here in an upcoming show. And I also know we typically do one big mailbag episode uh, as we get closer to the draft. So stay tuned for that. We'll do, you know, you have to go onto our Apple podcast page and leave the question there if you want it answered on the show, but we'll do that. We do that usually every year with Ben or Greg or everybody involved. Uh, So we will do that again as we get closer to the draft. Appreciate Bear Cub fan for the five-star review and the comment. Appreciate Dane Brugler for his time in a very busy week for him as he drops a mock draft coming out of Indianapolis. But uh, stay Stay tuned for more. We've got more coming later this week right here on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand.